You know what I learned as a management point of view? Every time I told someone what to do, if it was right, I got no credit. And if it was wrong, I got the blame. So they don't, I don't need them if I'm making decisions for them. So hire good people and empower them and give them direction and then get out of their way. As a, as a son of my, all of my grandparents were immigrants, uh, you know, to, to the country. Um, people, again, uh, are what makes America special. Welcome to the Westbound Podcast. My name is Matthias Ertzen, founder and managing director of the Ertzen Group. Each month, we bring you international business leaders to share their personal and professional journey in North America. Thank you for spending time with us. Now, let's get to it. In today's episode, um, we'll be learning together about the wheels and casters industry, uh, quite frankly, uh, an industry that I'm not all that familiar with, uh, but uh, I have the expert here to talk to us about wheels and casters and everything surrounding it. Um, welcome, uh, Scott Chahalas, president of Blickley US. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I had to explain when I told my whole career has been in uh, casters and wheels, and I always have to explain to my family when I first started this business, uh, getting into this business, uh, what a caster and wheel was. Yeah. Can you make a living? They were always <laughs> worried about that. And, and if you start to look down, uh, you'll start to see everywhere that you're at, there's some kind of mobility solutions, some kind of wheel and caster. Yeah. You could be in a, uh, a manufacturing plant, you could be in a retail space, uh, a hospital, a hotel, a restaurant, everything's on wheels. Yeah. And it's a multi-billion dollar industry worldwide. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, there's basically every application you can imagine and think of, from little tiny wheels that you might see on your piano to giant multi-ton custom wheels that you'll see in a space shuttle. Yeah. And then everything in between. That's awesome. That's great. I'm really excited to uh, learn learn more about mm -hmm. it, learn specifically about Blickle and mm -hmm. what you all are doing to uh, really conquer the U.S. market. It's going to be fun stuff. Yeah. But let's let's talk a little. Start a little bit with you. I think. Mm -hmm. I can't say you're the first proper American uh, uh, in, in this podcast, so welcome. <laughs> and uh, but, but with that last name, you probably have a little bit of different heritage as well. So maybe you just tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah my, my, both my parents were first-generation Americans. Mm -hmm. My dad, where I get that Chehalis name, uh, was Greek origin. Mm -hmm. So his grandparents uh, only spoke Greek. And, uh, you know, and, and then... Uh, you know, I grew up in an area of uh, New York City, uh, and that's kind of my my background. Excellent, that's awesome. And uh, when New York City did you? Did you work? I, I grew up in the Bronx. In the Bronx, okay. So gotcha. yeah, it's one of the five boroughs yeah. of the inner city, as we say. Yeah. And uh, and I grew up there, and and I stayed there uh, really right up until um, I was seventeen and went off to university. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, the Bronx, and then that was also. Uh, the real Bronx, right? Like at the at the time when you grew up there, that, that's yes. not the not the current Bronx. Before it's gentrified. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it was it was kind of uh, um, more uh, Fort Apache, the Bronx, <laughs> than it than it was a, a post Giuliani. Got it. Uh, you know, Bronx. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so it was a, quite an interesting experience. Yeah, that's awesome. And then now you are uh, in Noonan, Georgia, right? Yes, I live in Noonan, Georgia. It's really a suburb of Atlanta. You're only uh, uh, 30 minutes from the Atlanta airport, which is on the south side of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. 
And tell us a little bit about how, uh, how, how did you progress into this industry? What, what, <laughs> what happened or how, how did you get into uh, wheels and casters and, and how did you get to Blicklip? Yeah, I, I certainly didn't uh, major in casters and wheels. Mm -hmm. So if you would have told me I would have spent the, my, my career in the material handling and casters and wheels, I would have told you you were crazy, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, after I graduated. But life takes funny twists and turns. Uh, and I can remember we, we were negotiating a, uh, a contract with a very large company um, and they had retained a consulting group. This was in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And uh, after I got beat up uh, by these consultants that worked us over in the negotiations for a contract, uh, they said, well, we, we've been retained by this company called the Mormon Group. They're right here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, well, we'd like for you to meet him uh, for lunch, please. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you guys just told me how bad I was <laughs> for for all these, you know, negotiations the past few weeks. Um, and I certainly wasn't looking for anything. It's like a relationship in life. Sure. When you're not looking, that's when that's it gets when you. That's when you find him. Yeah, that's, that's you know? uh, probably one of the only places where the Bible isn't isn't right. You know, when you seek, you find. You know, it's actually the opposite of relationships. It, yeah. it really is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I, I, I met the folks over at the Mormon group. I was I was uh, impressed, mm -hmm. and something st struck out at me. And, and they said, "You know, we, we we think you'd be perfect." There's a there's a company in Jonesboro, Arkansas, mm -hmm. that uh, is kind of the jewel in the crown of our caster business. And you know, why don't you go down there? We want to, you know, at, at the time it was as a, a vice president, and no guarantees and no life. But if you do a good job, someday you can run this company, mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, no promises. And I said, well, it's, it sounds intriguing. So we, we went ahead and moved mm -hmm. and, and went there. And that was my journey, my first journey in casters and wheels. In casters and wheels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And then through, I think you told me through lunch that, um, you know, working internationally, you mm -hmm. were exposed to all the Europeans as well, right? The, 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 the German, yeah. the Italian wheel and caster manufacturers. Ab ab absolutely. Yeah. As, as, I, as I continued my career within the, the Marmon Group and then the Colson Group, uh, you know, I, I eventually managed uh, the subsidiaries as well as uh, the U.S. operations. So we had 20 subsidiaries all over the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, through a combination of acquisitions and greenfield startups, mm -hmm. we went ahead and, uh, and built these businesses. They were, it was a very decentralized approach mm -hmm. uh, to the marketplace, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that we had. And a lot of our time was spent, uh, you know, out in the field with uh, subsidiary companies. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Was there, so there was a certain profile that you would acquire or was it kind of a... Uh, that the Colson Group would look at? We wanted it all. We wanted it all, okay. <laughs> in, in other words, we looked at everything because it, at a certain price, anything becomes uh, interesting, sure. even if it's a shutdown. Sure, yeah. So uh, we were very, uh, we always looked for aggressive growth. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm more, uh, uh, what, what I enjoy more is growing. Mm -hmm. Shrinking a business can be extremely profitable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think and the tech industry is going through this right and, now. And it's, and it's nice. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot more fun, for me at least, mm -hmm. to grow a business mm -hmm. and uh, to grow it aggressively. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the approach that we took into the market. And that's the approach that Mr. Blickla has right now mm -hmm. globally. Yeah. So uh, we, we, were, we are, a lot, are aligned, as they say. Hey, that's awesome. So you had a, so that your journey at the Colson Group came to an end. And, yes. um, yeah, we sold that business. Okay. So, so it was a family-owned business yep. owned by the Pritzker family. Yep. And, and I worked for a gentleman named Bob Pritzker, who was just a, a utter gentleman. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much from him. Um, and, and as he, uh, as his health uh, turned, uh, the decision was made to uh, sell uh, the business. Mm 
um, and then split up the assets within the family. Mm -hmm. and, and so we then we, we, I was tasked with selling uh, the Colson Group, and we did that. Mm -hmm. okay. And then after we sold the business, then uh, you know we had a separation. The uh, the new uh, financial ownership, not the family oriented yeah. business. So private strategic. equity bought it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah private equity buy, yeah. bought it. They've since the company that bought it has already sold it, and then the, the uh, investment. Yeah, it, it's just it's yeah. just a, a churn. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was more comfortable with a strategic approach to the okay. marketplace and sure. growing it, and yeah, and uh, you know having fun doing that, and that's how Mr. Blickle and I uh, got together. Yeah. Uh, we were we were fierce competitors. Globally, yeah. uh, they, they beat our brains in in Europe, <laughs> and we beat their brains in in, in the Americas. We talked uh, a little bit about this at lunch. Can you talk about this a little bit about that acquisition of the um, of of the one company um, that you you were actually competing against? Uh, yeah, yeah, we we yeah. we we, uh, <laughs> we were competing to buy a company uh, called Guitel, mm -hmm. uh, which was a French manufacturing company of casters and wheels, and really it wasn't a very interesting company to keep manufacturing in France. Uh, you you know, at the time, particularly because of the work rules and such. Sure. Uh, and uh, so we were competing with Mr. Blickla and, and, uh, and uh, you know, the only good asset was a company, uh, a subsidiary company in Montreal, Canada, mm -hmm. uh, the Cattell company, uh, which was more of a distribution uh, hub. And uh, darn it, Mr. Blickla uh, beat us and, <laughs> and, and bought the one valuable asset, all of Cattell. Okay. Because the rest was, uh, which has since closed down. Okay. Uh, sadly, yeah. uh, for France and for the company. Sure, yeah, interesting. So that was, uh, uh, you know, amongst uh, um, I guess industry meetings um, and in, in this competitive it, situation. It, it, that's kind of how you got to it, know exactly. Okay. We 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 would we would meet occasionally annually for. Uh, um, at the time, they called it the European Caster Manufacturers Association, and you know all the big global companies would get together and tell each other lies. Yeah, and, and uh, we we would sit there, and and you got to know your competitors, mm -hmm. and um, you know what stood out uh, uh, with Mr. Blickla and the Blickla company. Um, what well, were really shared values mm -hmm. in terms of how we approach things, um, doing things properly mm -hmm. in every way. Uh, plus, Ron Hall has a great sense of humor, mm -hmm. and uh, and and friendship was uh, born, uh, you know, in this competition sure. uh, over many years, sure. which led us to today, yeah. uh, which is uh, you know uh, the adventure we're having with Blickla US. Yeah. So, what happened then is, I guess, you just got a call knowing you were well, available. Yeah, right? I, that... I mean, when when I, when I yeah. separated and and uh, <laughs> you know, and, and my, my contract was such. Uh, you know, after my non-compete period, um, anyone that knows Reinhold Blickla knows how persistent he is and how wonderful uh, he is in regards to how he treats people. And he was like clockwork. He would call and say, ah, you know, you're too young to retire <laughs> and, and, and you need to do something here. We need to do something, figure something out. Yeah. And when the non-compete period was over, we decided to go ahead and, and really go big. Interesting. In the U.S. Yeah. So tell me about the state of Blickle U.S. or North America, mm -hmm. um, you know, as you come in. Like, what? how was it set up? What? Well, it was really, to me, a trading company. They, they would, uh, there would be. Primarily, uh, I'll call it um, uh, European, particularly German OEM manufacturers who maybe had a U.S. subsidiary mm -hmm. that needed to buy some casters. Mm -hmm. So what would happen is the Blickla caster would be sold uh, into Blickla Canada because that was the only footprint that they had in North America up in Montreal. Mm -hmm. 
and then that product would then be uh, shipped into the United States. Mm -hmm. So it was a very, very small market, uh, satisfying existing Blickla customers, global customers mm -hmm. in the U.S. And when you say training, what do you mean by that? Like you were training the, the customer itself on it or you were training salespeople to support distribution or what do you mean by training, uh, training setup? Well, I, I mean, fundamentally, they had a sales organization yeah. in the U.S. Mm -hmm. with salespeople mm -hmm. who would go out and represent the Blickla brand okay. and be managed from Blickla Canada. Okay. So obviously, you know, I always like to use the expression, we're all in the delivery business. Yep. No matter how good your product, no matter how good, if, if it's too late, mm -hmm. if it's not there on Wednesday, as you promised, you, you'll not keep customers for long. Mm -hmm. So the first decision was made is we needed to have a physical presence in the U.S. with stock, with inventory. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously it would be better covered in the U.S. with a U.S. team sure. than trying to do it through Canada. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, it just was inefficient. Yeah. So that's when the decision was made to go big. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Blickless made that decision to do that and to make uh, significant investments to build up our U.S. subsidiary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that leads us to... Noonan now, right? Like where? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So the first thing we did, uh, you know, I, I, it, it, it's kind of an old joke. We had we had more company cars than we had salespeople <laughs> when I started, and it was a very very small office in a bank building. Yeah. Um, as a trading company, more or less, it had been around for many years, mm -hmm. but it it, it uh, was a small uh, entity. Got it. And the decision was made. Let's go ahead and put a footprint in. Now things are connecting. You were mm -hmm. saying trading company, and I understood trading yes. company. So I'm sorry, that, I didn't mean to throw. That's you right. Off. No, no, no. It's <laughs> okay. Yeah, got it, yeah, yeah. Where I went with that, right? Yeah, right, exactly. I went, yeah, I, 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 I kind of stared at a little bit. Yeah, no, no, it makes complete sense. Okay. That's yeah, and, and, and so it was more of the trading company, but, but yeah. then the decision was made, okay, let's go ahead and have a physical presence in the U.S., yeah. Um, we decided to, uh, uh, you know, after a lot of, as I'm sure you're, you're well aware, the, the amount of due diligence that goes in when you're site selection uh, when you're doing a site selection, uh, when you're, you know, going out and, uh, you know, then finding the site uh, and then going through uh, literally all of the general contractors, mm -hmm. the architectural firms, the, you know, so a lot of effort was put into that. And we decided in uh, a place called Noonan, Georgia, mm -hmm. which is in Coweta County. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, that's where we relocated uh, the company mm -hmm. uh, for Blickley US. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I remember, um, you know, being in the German community mm -hmm. and then being a native to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I remember some of the announcement coming through the German American Chamber of Commerce and you know, seeing the first pictures and all this kind of stuff. And uh, it's a quite impressive campus that was built. Maybe you can it, it really is. I mean, we have customers come into Blickley US uh, pretty much every week. Right. Uh, and we really strongly encourage them to do it because we have to sell a premium solution. Mm -hmm. The Blickla product is the best casters and wheels you can use. Mm -hmm. The price might be high, mm -hmm. but the co cost is low. Mm -hmm. So we have to then uh, bring customers in and explain to them the value proposition mm -hmm. of Blickla. Mm -hmm. Why our price might be 20, 30, 40% higher, but why our cost could be 20 or 30% lower. I can imagine as you have a lot of East Asian uh, competition um, what are some of those things? Are they like, can they take more pressure? Are they fire retardant? Like what are some of the, like yeah, what, what would I, set up a, or uh, differentiate a really yeah. high quality wheel uh, from, from, from a lesser alternative? Yeah, I, I mean, the durability of it, how long will it last? Mm -hmm is critical. Uh, for example, we offer the longest warranty mm -hmm. uh, in the industry uh, worldwide. Interesting. Um, because we have confidence in the product. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we bring customers in and technically we explain why we have a better mousetrap. 
And, and, and you know, the engineering reports are quite impressive. The testing we do is quite impressive. We do that in the product training center. So we go over and explain this in great detail. And then we'll also talk about the financial justification of why we're lower cost. Once we do that, then we bring them to the customer experience center. And the customer experience center, uh, all of the products we talked about, why it's a better mousetrap, well, now they can go hands-on and feel and touch Mm -hmm. uh, when we talk about uh, ergonomic solutions and we talk about e ease of rollability, mm -hmm. um, you know, these things are very compelling. Mm -hmm. And even the management teams uh, and the sophisticated uh, executives we bring in, yeah. when they get out in the customer experience center and feel it and touch it, yeah. and it's not just an abstract report, mm -hmm. whether it be engineering or financial, mm -hmm. it really cements the sale. Yeah. Because then they get it. Yeah. They understand why. Uh, you know, today's environment... Uh, you know, uh, you have all kinds of health and safety issues, work, workers' comp issues. Yeah. Uh, quite candidly, people aren't going to push 2,000 pounds on a cart mm. uh, anymore, yeah. or, or, or they're going to demand a, a safe type of product mm -hmm. uh, with different braking and locking solutions mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been quite compelling for very large customers who understand cost versus price. Mm -hmm. Um, they are flocking to us mm -hmm. at Blickla yeah. uh, right now yeah. because we have the, the technical, the engineering team, the product um, to be able to explain why we have this better mousetrap mm -hmm. and to justify it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I bet part of that is also keeping a large inventory um, in the United States, right? We have to. It's, yeah. it's, it's the classic push-pull, right? You, you never want too much inventory, and you, and, and, and you can't have not enough. Right. Yeah. So, you know, finding that mix is always uh, interesting, particularly yeah. with our product line, where there are literally tens of thousands of different combinations of wheels, bearings, brakes, uh, all these different options you can put on it, because yeah. basically anything that rolls, we manufacture. Yeah. So it, it becomes a balancing act. But, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. we're in the delivery business mm -hmm. and we may have the best product in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's not ready and available when you say it is, mm -hmm. you will lose the sale. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we hear price, price, price. And, and you're right. In the U.S., a lot of the product uh, has been outsourced over the years, sadly, mm -hmm. particularly as different financial ownerships come into these companies. Yeah. They, the first thing they do is outsource. Right. And, and they, they shift production, and it's primarily to China. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the product isn't made in the U.S. Mm -hmm. anymore, sadly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that becomes uh, both an, uh, a problem, but also I look at it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Okay, because we, we, we have a great product, but we have to also be able to deliver the product. And that was the commitment we made with uh, setting up the U.S. headquarters in Noonan and mm -hmm. building the plant. Mm -hmm. So what we'll do in our plant is we'll assemble all this product, mm -hmm. all these components, mm -hmm. and we put our little toe in the water with machining and, uh, you know, the wheels and, and things to minimize inventory. Sure. Um, but I think there's a certain inevitability um, of having to manufacture in the U.S. No, no different than, let's say, the German auto automobile manufacturers sure. yeah. like VW and BMW and Mercedes who have now, you know, they're all manufacturing. Uh, of course, all, also mostly in the southeast. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a great region for yeah. making this happen. Mm -hmm. the, the labor force, um, uh, yes, you know, is, is as good or better than than some other regions. And you know, it's a yeah. uh, it's a, a, a right to work um, a situation. I think yeah. that attracts a lot of employers, um, lots of incentives as well. But that's really good to hear that um, that that's a long term plan too. So the 
the land was acquired, building was built, um, and there's plans to build it out. Yeah, Mr. Blickler will need to make this decision, and, but, I, but I think there's a certain um, uh, inevitability sure. uh, to continue uh, significant growth. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., you, you know, you really have to be all in. Mm -hmm. You can't be a little bit pregnant. Yeah. You know, e either you make the decision uh, to be all in or, or not. And, and right now we're growing uh, dramatically mm -hmm. uh, from that little sales office. And uh, in a few short years, we're already the number one subsidiary of Blickla. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Of the 20. Yeah. So, so the growth potential. Uh, in the U.S. is just phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's so many times where, you know, all our client base is, is European mm -hmm. manufacturers. And um, they underestimate the, it's not just the geographical size yeah. um, of the United yeah. States, but the market potential. I, yeah. I do believe that the U.S. is about eight times the GDP than Germany. Yeah. Um, someone check my numbers, but I think mm -hmm. it's about right. And uh, just, just I know this for a fact. Just California is as big an economy mm -hmm. as the entire country of Germany. So um, th there's so much opportunity, and I think that's also one thing that really differentiates a. Um, and it's changing in Germany, but 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 historically speaking, um, it, Americans always think about okay, we have this widget. You know, we're selling it in Georgia. When are we doing it in the Southeast? When are we going East Coast? When are we going West Coast? When are we going nationwide? Uh, you know, there's immediately this mindset and thought to to kind of kind of go go that direction. I think it really behooves a lot of German companies to think more that way. If you end up kind of going that direction, that's another thing. But but really think about how can I get nationwide coverage? You know, how can I? Yeah, I think that's true. You know, especially when I when I look at at, at Europe, there's growth there and it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, the growth rate is slowed. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in the U.S., the potential is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I say this not as an American. Mm -hmm. I, I say this as a business person. Yeah. You've got to be in the U.S. Yeah. And, 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 and you've got to be all in. You can't be a little bit pregnant. Mm -hmm. You're either going to be in the market or mm -hmm. out. And uh, the potential uh, for growth, as I see, is uh, dramatically higher mm -hmm. uh, in the U.S. going forward than, let's say, other geographic parts of the world. Yeah. What's interesting to me also is that, um, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of mutual trust between you and the German leadership. Well, there is. Again, you know, everything comes down to trust mm -hmm. to a large extent. We're all capable people mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, uh, that's the easy part. The hard part is, is being bold like this and, and, and I think having a, a, a relationship um, and a history mm -hmm. uh, together has certainly helped mm -hmm. uh, the situation accelerate, um, but the boldness of Mr. Blickla, I'm sure there's there were some interesting meetings in Rosenfeld, Germany, <laughs> when when we talked about the U.S. and making these big bold investments, yeah. uh, and he and him doing it, uh, and even buying a company in China, so subsidiary company. Th th this is uh, to complement the brand. You okay. know, you know the, the Blickla brand is the is the premium brand mm -hmm. in the industry. Obviously, I'm partial. Yeah, but uh, it's the best product in the in the cast room wheel world. Mm -hmm. And that Blickla brand should be treated uh, with, uh, with respect mm -hmm. and to ensure there's no degradation mm -hmm. of the brand. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we had a two-brand strategy because everyone in the U.S. likes to do one-stop shopping. Mm -hmm. So if you just have the super premium Porsche mm -hmm. and you only sell that, mm -hmm. you know, you're probably going to lose a lot of Volkswagen sales. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the U.S., people want to shop. They want to do one-stop shopping. So we have a, a our, our approach mm -hmm. is we sell Blickla first, second, and third mm -hmm. uh, as the premium product. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but not everyone has a value equation like mm -hmm. that. And, and um, so we, we had another brand called Pegasus, mm -hmm. which is the Chinese company. And that's more of the non-metric type product. Mm -hmm. um, and now we go to the, um, uh, to the customers, any customer. Mm -hmm. We have a full breadth of product offering. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can supply soup to nuts in any way we want. That's fantastic. And, well, also... I mean, you needed the, the imperial alternative, We, right? we do, I mean, it, it, right. Yeah. A lot of it was not just the brand right. management issue, which is really critical from a marketing point mm -hmm. of view, um, but also uh, the fact that uh, most of the product that we manufacture, Blickler manufactures everything mm -hmm. in Germany uh, under one roof. It's one of the most impressive operations. As I was mentioning to you at lunch, being a competitor of Blickler for so long, when I first saw the plant, <laughs> yeah. I thought we were behind, yeah. but we were really behind. <laughs> I mean, the automation and the technology and yeah. the investment, it, it's the most, and I've been to virtually every caster company worldwide mm -hmm. in my career. It is it is the creme de la creme, mm -hmm. uh, the Blickla operation, and content always wins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the content was there. We just had to figure out how to get to the market mm -hmm. in the U.S. because the approach has to be uniquely American. And that's, what a wonderful topic. I mean, I, I'm 100, so many of our clients have, uh, you know, through a highly competitive mm -hmm. European environment, German environment, you know, I mean, it's a highly competitive, um, in order to maintain, uh, you know, small growth margins, right? Mm -hmm. You come up with the ever new product and variant of this and that. Also, OEM driven a lot of times also, right? But anyways, they come to the United States with this catalog full of yeah. variants of their product and just confusing uh, the U.S. market, right? They're confusing the U.S. market, often being the top price. So you really got to, if you want to sell an Apple iPhone, you got to position the Apple iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, it seems like that they were, the management there was very smart in seeing someone like you and then, uh, uh, you know, just giving you the reins and, 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 and letting you, set it up how it really needs to be set up well yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day there there are, there are wonderful constraints in place of course sure but it all comes down to trust yeah it always does yeah and and trust is is uh, not given it's earned mm -hmm. and it takes a long time and i think the relationship that mr blicklin and i had before was mutual respect as competitors mm -hmm. we you know we we would uh, uh you know he's the epitome of a gentleman and we like to operate the same way. I, I, culturally, I wouldn't operate any other way. Mm -hmm. You tip your hat if you lose, mm -hmm. and then you look in the mirror and figure out how do you get better. Mm -hmm. But you, you know, if we were, to, let's say, to conduct business in Germany mm -hmm. with the American approach, uh, we would fail. Mm -hmm. And I think the same is true uh, if there's not um, an adjustment in some way, not with the character of the company. Mm -hmm. And, and the beliefs and the core principles of a company. But if, if, if you don't incorporate uh, the uniqueness of a given geography, we found this all over the world, then, then you're not going to succeed with that subsidiary company. You know, working for a German manufacturer, and then what, what, what are some of those things that, that you have observed that, that you say, okay, we really need to adjust this. this. This won't work here. Well, I think the biggest thing is speed to market. Okay. You know, we, yeah. we, were, we were kidding at lunch, you know, you, you know the old uh, expression, ready, aim, fire. <laughs> the U.S. mentality is fire, ready, aim. <laughs> you, you know, and, and you could have the right answer mm -hmm. and, and have the, the most wonderful engineer report known, known to man and have it 99.99999, but that answer, uh, albeit if it's right, mm -hmm. if it's not delivered uh, uh, with more quickness mm -hmm. to market, then the 
the person who has it 80% right mm-hmm. is going to take that business. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And, and I think that's where the mentality difference, it, we complement each other. Mm-hmm. You know, the sense of urgency in the U.S., uh, is vital. There's no patience. Mm-hmm. You know. You, you know. We literally, if we if we can't deliver within 24 hours, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the solution, um, no matter how good your product, mm-hmm. you won't get it. Mm-hmm. And what we found too, if you can deliver it, price becomes secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I, th- th- that's something I have observed. It's uh, my experience has has been also that. Um, Yes, there's a lot of people that will look for the lower price version, Mm -hmm. right? The very price price driven decision making, Mm -hmm. right? But then there's a lot of organizations in the U.S. that are insensitive to price to to Mm -hmm. a certain extent. Uh, You know, just if they know what they're getting, it's quality. You know, it's helping me. um, You know, and they'll move forward. And and, and time plays a huge role in that. Yeah, yeah. and we don't make a value uh, decision on the customer. Sure, they do. Because, like for example, in our world of material handling, you may have a, a customer who takes cart and just wheels it to the corner and never moves it. Mm-hmm. Well, that application is going to be a lot different than, let's say, something that is running 24-7 on an AGV mm-hmm. and you can't have downtime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we want to present a solution in totality to any mm-hmm. of their material handling needs, yeah. right? So to do that, that's, again, one of the reasons why we have multiple brands. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we never look down mm-hmm. uh, on, on a customer. Mm-hmm. And, and we... we We've seen uh, over the course of uh, of uh, our career, uh, you know, really the, the person who doesn't understand cost mm-hmm. um, today could understand it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think now, especially what we're seeing with ergonomic driven solutions uh, is you have a lot of problems with hiring. Mm-hmm. You can't find people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of it is, you know, no offense, people aren't going to put up in the plant environment with pushing around a thousand pounds, or having an unsafe environment with break it, mm-hmm. with, with having a braking option or a locking option and mm-hmm. such, so you know if you want to have uh, less turnover with employees, right. if you present these ergonomic solutions where something's easier to push mm-hmm. and pull, or have a braking solution, guess what? You have less turnover. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think the the, the people who and the, and the companies that are on the forefront mm-hmm. of this thinking are the companies we really want to you know work with, mm-hmm. and we're seeing a huge huge demand for satisfying customers that understand this and are looking for solutions. Yeah, I, can, I mean, retaining blue color in a manufacturing environment, this is what's going right. to make or break this country in the next ten years. One hundred percent. And and all we do is go into factories. Mm-hmm. This is the most fun part of the job for me because you could be in a hospital one day. You could be in a, 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 a meatpacking plant another day. You could be, a, you know, in a, a, a automobile manufacturer another day. Sure. Uh, food uh, manufacturing. So you see every different type of industry. Yeah. But the one common thread is if you solve the problems with ergonomic and um, uh, material handling solutions through caches and wheels, mm. guaranteed not only will you have happier employees, you'll have less turnover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and companies are realizing that now. And they're willing to make the investment because the investment 
it's, it's not significant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, it really isn't in the scheme of things when you think about an injury, what the cost of an injury is with a back injury, let's say. What would you say, like, on average, what, what's the price difference, like, rough average? Are you, totally, is it, you know, rough average, we're about 30% higher. Okay. Uh, the Blickla product. Yeah, so that's really in the scope of things, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it's sellable. Yeah. And, and, and we also, we welcome customs and specials. Mm-hmm. We, we, want, we want the biggest, most difficult challenge. Mm-hmm. That's what makes life interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you know, we'll be at trade shows and we'll literally have competitors, you know, we'll say to someone who comes over to the booth, um, you know, hey, how did you find us? You, you know, what did, he goes, oh, you're, you know, so-and-so, the competitor sent us over. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they don't want this kind of complicated engineered solution. Mm-hmm. We welcome that. Mm-hmm. We, we look at it like a challenge. Yeah. Uh, and if you can solve the toughest thing, then the, the odds are you can satisfy everything else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to uh, a point you made earlier, um, you know, the differences between uh, German and American culture. You know, it's, it's, I think the speed to market uh, to some Germans can uh, be perceived as a lack of thoroughness. Absolutely you know, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like where they feel like, okay, well, that this is all, uh, you know, no, going a little bit too fast, you yeah. know, not, let's not, uh, yeah. uh, you know, get ahead of ourselves, yes. you know, all this kind of thing. Also, Americans <laughs> are often perceived as, okay, there are all these browbeating, uh, you know, uh, right. what do they use to call them? Covered, covered baggers? I think that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that kind of thing, you know, and it's, uh, um, the, really the truth is if you could merge the two, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 but I've seen also, like, let's take the flip side of this, right? I've seen so many German companies come to the United States Hire salespeople, have us find mm-hmm. them salespeople, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, okay, now go go sell. They they actually go do something, get some good opportunities, and now they don't have the manufacturing capability in Germany to even please the European market. I've I've, I've I have candidates calling me back after 18 months, 24 months. Hey, I'm going to go look for another job because I can't make commissions. Right. Um, I'm uh, I've sold this contract, but they I've, I'm being told the U.S. is second yeah. in, the, in, in line. You know. Um, so I think that's the downside on on yeah. on maybe that thoroughness or being too conservative or not using external capital to make yeah. certain things happen. I've seen American companies yeah. be way more flexible with that as well. Also to an extreme negative again, right? Uh, but but willing to facilitate yeah. facilitate their growth through mm-hmm. external capital. Yeah. That, that's been yeah, it's a big challenge, right? Because the mentality is different. Mm-hmm. My father used to say, "Different doesn't mean better or worse. It just means different." True. Yeah. And and the mentality of what we've seen, particularly from European companies in the U.S., mm-hmm. even our subsidiaries uh, that, that I managed in the past, is they would be slow to market. Mm-hmm. They knew the answer. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know. Uh, in the case of Blickla, Blickla is the, the best manufacturer in the world mm-hmm. of casters and wheels. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we just needed to act like that here. Mm-hmm. We, we have solutions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, the mentality is uh, don't rush it so much. Mm-hmm. Don't shoot from the hip. Be data driven. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when you think you're there mm-hmm. and you've got something, you know, be decisive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And whether that even includes investment. You know, if you know that you need to manufacture in the U.S., you know, don't wait 10 years to make a decision mm-hmm. because the market will pass you by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, again, it's this mentality difference. Mm-hmm. Listen, every American uh, 
is optimistic. Yeah. You know, we we we, we joke. Yeah. I mean, our 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 budgets, our plans <laughs> to a fault. <laughs> it's 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 the reverse. It's almost like you know we we uh, uh, you know we forecast above you know what we should. <laughs> even when and by the way, that's another important difference. For example, we build our plans from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. That's unheard of in Germany. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? You, you you know? Yeah, I want the I want the local regional sales manager to quantify how they're going to grow and what level. Mm-hmm. And I want them to own that number. Mm-hmm. I don't, as opposed to me saying, mm-hmm. here's what your plan is. Mm-hmm. You know what I learned as a management po- point of view? Every time I told someone what to do, mm-hmm. if it was right, I got no credit. Mm-hmm. And if it was wrong, I got the blame. <laughs> so they don't, I don't need them mm-hmm. if I'm making decisions for them. Mm-hmm. So it, hire good people mm-hmm. and empower them mm-hmm. and give them direction mm-hmm. and then get out of their way. Mm-hmm. And if you have success and the numbers are right, wow, Mm -hmm. keep investing, keep asking them what other capital expenditures need to happen Mm -hmm. and double down. Mm -hmm. And if the results aren't in, then you stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and then you give, then you, you alter direction a little bit. But this is a mentality difference that I found. And again, it's not better or worse. It, it's it just, just is. Yeah. It, it just is. Yeah, exactly. It's such a competitive market. Almost everything in our field right now, the majority of the cash on the wheels are all made in China. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, it's dramatically, when you go to the bottom level, it's not 30% or 40%. It's like 70, 80%. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so that could either be a crutch or an excuse. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, uh, you know, uh, uh, a strategic, uh, uh, challenge. exciting challenge. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Is, um, do you see an influx of, I mean, obviously, Blinkley mm-hmm. will be an example eventually, yeah. right? But uh, do you see other uh, manufacturing returning to the U.S. to, to make this? Yeah. I, I mean, part of it is driven, of course, with the geopolitical mm-hmm. influence. Like, for example, we had China tariffs put on. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the Trump administration. But were now, they for, for uh, 25%. Okay, well. So 25% of China tariff was put on. Um, and that, uh, it, to a certain extent, then incentivized domestic manu- or return of domestic manufacturing. Sure. Of course, you know, uh, you know, we, I've always looked at it when you control your manu- when you manufacture, mm-hmm. you control your cost mm-hmm. and your quality. Mm-hmm. You're in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. You have no one to blame mm-hmm. if it goes south. And you control your own destiny. Mm-hmm. So I am really leery, and with the with with uh, I'm more comfortable in strategic ownership mm-hmm. because they're willing to understand that concept. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Blickle has done it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's a, a bit ahead of his time, if I may say. He, he, he is. I mean, when did you guys uh, build the plant? Uh, no, well, we uh, 2000s. 18, 17. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, I mean, this is, people are talking about this now, you know, ramped this up a year yeah. ago, you know, so a good, good yeah. four or five years ahead of it. Even during COVID, yeah. when it hit, they were going through a dramatic expansion in Rosenfeld. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when, when things, when there was uncertainty mm-hmm. about COVID and mm-hmm. the world's ending, particularly that second quarter mm-hmm. of uh, 2020, mm-hmm. uh, they were doubling down and, and expanding. Yeah. And of course, they're going to benefit greatly because when you control your costs and quality and you manufacture it, you will always win if you have a good team. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. And we have that great content, product content, mm-hmm. uh, and we can connect all that now to the customers in the U.S. That's fantastic. So yeah. it, it really is exciting. Again, it's a lot. 
more fun to grow a business. And we try to hire in people who have a mentality mm-hmm. where they want to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we want people to come in who aren't looking for a job, mm-hmm. but are really looking for a career. How are you going about that? I mean, there's lots of changes through uh, COVID, you know. Uh, Very much. Yeah, like maybe talk about those a bit, how, how you're counteracting those. When, when people ask me what, what my title is, uh, what do I do in the company? I say I'm in HR, human resources. Yeah. Because the most important thing for any company, and having, having bought and sold many companies, well, bought, we were only buying, or did Greenfields, whatever, the most important uh, element of the value of a company, it, it wasn't goodwill, it wasn't the stock, the inventory, it wasn't the customer list, it was the people. Mm-hmm. The people are the most valuable asset for uh, any company. So we spend an inordinate amount of time mm-hmm. hiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I interview even, uh, you know, when we had three people or, or we have now, you know, 45 people. Right. Uh, every person I want to fi- have a final discussion with before we hire mm-hmm. to see if they fit in culturally mm-hmm. with the mentality mm-hmm. and the team mm-hmm. that we have in place. Yeah. The most important thing any manager of a company can do is to be actively involved mm-hmm. in the hiring. Just don't seed it out mm-hmm. to others. I've seen a million good C- CVs like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen the most wonderful CVs in the world fail miserably. Yeah. Uh, so it's really getting involved and rolling up your sleeves with the interview process, the recruitment process. Mm-hmm. And that has to be a big priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's from the top down. I mean, your people know um, how you feel about it, so they will act. It, it, exactly. Yeah. It, and, and everyone, uh, you know, because we've all sat across the table when we were interviewing for a job, let's say. So I always look at things as very reciprocal. Mm-hmm. We, we, it has to be a win-win. It's like a marriage. It, you know, it has to be, some days they're going to be 70-30, some, day, <laughs> some days maybe for me 90-10. <laughs> But, you know, or 1090. Yeah. Um, but it has to be over time 50-50, sure. right? So we want it to be a great fit. So when someone is brought on to our company, we, we, I use the old joke, on a scale of 1 to 10, how interested are you in your job? Yeah. If it's not an 11, yeah. I ask them, why isn't it an 11? Mm-hmm. Why, what, why isn't it an 8? Mm-hmm. Why is it a 7? Mm-hmm. Where's the gap? Help mm-hmm. me understand. Mm-hmm. Because we want to be, that's the success of Blickla mm-hmm. or any company mm-hmm. is going to be the people. Yeah. And we always try to hire people that are smarter and better than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they do a good job and the results are coming in, mm-hmm. I've seen actually some strategies. Uh, I'll speak very specifically with, yeah. let's say, a regional sales manager. Sure. We can go to market many ways. We yeah. can go sell direct to an OEM. Mm-hmm. We can sell through an integrated supplier. We can sell to a mom and pop dealer, distributor. Mm-hmm. We sell to them all. Mm-hmm. Um, we force the regional sales manager to make a decision how to get to market. Uh-huh. Because what we found is even the geography sometimes is different. Uh-huh. Maybe there's, you know, um, a better distribution in a certain city or state. Right. Maybe there's super weak distribution. Maybe there's a lot of uh, integrated suppliers. And so we force them to make a decision mm-hmm. and then we hold them accountable and responsible so for these decisions. So you have to choose one of, of, of the verticals, so to say. Right. There are many yeah. fingers to market. And we yeah. say, listen, how you get there, here's yeah. success. Right. Right in the middle of the table where my, where my fist is. Right. I've seen regional sales managers take an approach that I would not have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go left and, and, and right, but they get to that middle of the table, okay. my fist in the middle here with success. Right. I'm, as long as it's legal and ethical, sure, sure. how they do things, yeah. um, I've been proven wrong mm-hmm. on a few things. Mm-hmm. So again, we empower people, we hold them responsible yeah. and accountable, 
And I think that mentality works really well, mm -hmm. particularly for hunters, mm -hmm. people who want to grow the yeah, business. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've so hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's the, the, the A-typeness that comes with the true sales hunter, right? Um, they are self-motivated. You yes. know, you usually don't have to talk to them about quotas. They feel embarrassed if they don't hit their quota. Um, you know, they they, they want to increase their income. You know, they're usually money-driven people. Um, and if I think if you pair that with with freedom within within right. reason, right? Um, that, that that's great. Should should. That's our mentality, success, and and yeah. we, it's a combination too. We even you know one of the first things we did is. Uh, change the compensation plan to a model I was really familiar with, <laughs> and 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 that motivates you. You know, you you don't want people to be worried about, um, you know, being able to put uh, food on the table yeah. for their family and have them be totally commissioned. But you also want to be able to have a high ceiling, yeah, and based upon the results, yeah. That's and 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 again, you know, you want hunters who are going to be out there, um, you know, working within established parameters that are understood and clearly communicated. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then empower them to go forward. Do you cap your commissions plans for sales guys? We do, uh -huh. only because in the beginning, what we found uh -huh. is, uh, you know, there's so much uncertainty okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, with things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, our goal is to have everyone make the highest. Okay, yeah. So, uh, you know, it keeps going up and up and up and Got up. Got it, okay. Yeah, so it gets adjusted as you go. On we short, want short. the most highly compensated people within our field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, but yeah. they have to earn it, just like we all have to earn it every day. Sure, yeah. So what's the plan for Blickler? Manufacturing potentially in the future? Well, you've got to ask Mr. Blickler that question. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, I I think clearly we're out of space. Yeah. Uh, this plant on phase one that we completed mm -hmm. really was supposed to last us quite a few more years. Mm -hmm. uh, we are out of space. Good problem to have. <laughs> it is. It's a problem, nevertheless. Bad planning. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm reminded of that sometimes. Bad planning. Uh, but it's a but it's a good problem. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity. Yeah. So I think uh, further expansion is absolutely uh, uh, required and necessary, um, you know, uh, here. And then what's the next step? Uh, you know, the next step, uh, to me, there's an inevitability of bringing, uh, you know, product to be manufactured in. The Blickler product will always, always be manufactured in Germany. Yeah. But for example, uh, you know, there is a drive for uh, made in the U.S., mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and at the end of the day, having some flexibility mm -hmm. with being able to make certain parts yeah. and, and have a solution, um, no different than the automotive manufacturers have proven over the course of decades sure. now. There's an inevitability yeah. that something has to be made here yeah. in the U.S. So that decision will be made you're pretty, soon. You're pretty skilled in acquiring other companies, as you have shown at the yeah. Colson Group. Is that something that where you see some targets? You, you have to. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, to me, um, I think, we, I don't know if we were talking about it at lunch or, or even during this conversation, but... Any company is worth buying at, at any price, mm -hmm. at, at a certain price, yeah. excuse me. So, you know, for example, uh, you, you know, the only exception to that was Gattel probably, who, who could have been had for <laughs> one euro, but, you, yeah. you, you, you know, you almost had to, you know, have lifetime employment for 350 people with a plant that was unoperable. Un but, but, yeah. but generally speaking, there's a great consolidation going on in the marketplace, mm -hmm. maybe not only in material handling and cash on the wheels, but many industries. Mm -hmm. And the market is moving very, very quickly. So, you know, we always look um, at companies that are for sale, 
because anything from shutting them down and buying them to expanding in them are interesting. Sure. Um, but also organically mm -hmm. growing and doing it yourself mm -hmm. has a certain amount of appeal too. Yeah. I personally think it's a hybrid mm -hmm. sure. uh, type situation, yep. uh, but if you're interested in growth, mm -hmm. you have to aggressively pursue both paths. Mm -hmm. and, and this really goes into the, uh, let's say the American mentality. Yeah. New products, new products, new products. Mm -hmm. That's a mantra mm -hmm. that is so uh, compelling, particularly mm -hmm. in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, you know, sometimes there's there's sizzle and sometimes there's steak. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, in our in a world of Blickla, we have a product called the Ergo Move, mm -hmm. which is basically an electronic caster. Okay. So it, you know, you have zero push pull. Mm -hmm. Okay, on it. Uh, that's really revolutionary. So that's really what kind of application would you use that kind of caster? Um, well, well, let's say for example, if you have a super high uh, uh, weight mm -hmm. and you want to go from four operators to one operator, okay, and maybe it's in a tight environment, mm -hmm. uh, the Ergo Move. What makes it so special is you can retrofit it on any card. Ah, it's a retrofit. Yes. Okay, so it was designed by the Blickla team mm -hmm. in Rosenfeld uh, to be able to uh, basically. Um, uh, integrate into your current system mm -hmm. without a cart design. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, yeah. And 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 that's really been taking off for us because uh, if you're having heavy loads, as we talked about, not only is it a safety issue, mm -hmm. a health and safety issue, mm -hmm. not only is it a an issue for uh, employee retention because when, when, when empl employees leave, what we find when we do due diligence, mm -hmm. when they leave, sometimes it's the work environment. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, I have a, <laughs> I had a, two clients uh, over the years that were operating manufacturing plants in the southeast and didn't mm -hmm. have uh, climate control. I mean, you know how hot it gets here, you know, yes. and then uh, all of a sudden, so um, I can I can totally see how <laughs> how, how that's yeah, important. <laughs> it it, it, re it really is, and and you have to ask the employee, mm -hmm. right? And that's one of the reasons why when we bring people to our customer experience center, and yeah. all of a sudden they they push, let's say, a cart with the weight, sure. Um, with the current incumbent caster, mm -hmm. and then they go to our cart mm -hmm. and push it mm -hmm. and go over uh, obstructions yeah. and things like that and, yeah. the, and the testing. So you have all that set up? We have it all set oh, up. That's great. So when we go over the engineering report yeah. and the commercial financial reasons of yeah. why our cost is lower in our product training center, then we take them to the customer experience center and everything they're using is staged mm -hmm. and out. Mm -hmm. And then what we recommend is out, mm -hmm. not only on test equipment, but practically to push around mm -hmm. on different floor surfaces or different, um, you know, uh, obstructions or different uh, ramps. Yeah. And boy, they really get it there. Yeah, sure. Right. You, you, you know, because when you're feeling it and touching it, you go, wow, yeah. that's what my employees are pushing. Right. I can't even move it. How could they do that every day? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or wow, we're having we're having all kinds of you know. I didn't even think back about injuries this, to have a decision maker, uh, you know, actually push the cart themselves and yeah. then make the connection. Yeah, Especially that, with the executives, yeah. we, we we try to get people who maybe have never pushed the cart. Sure, they understand numbers beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. right. They're very intelligent. <laughs> they get they can quantify. You know, they they get the reports. Even the engineering teams. It's, yeah. it, it's but when you get someone practically mm -hmm. to put their hands on something yeah then they understand what their workers yeah, are going through makes complete sense yeah and the and the hit rate's almost 100 mm -hmm. then then it all comes together mm -hmm. um and you know that's that's what our goal is because we're selling a premium solution mm -hmm. yeah and people are not afraid mm -hmm. of buying mm -hmm. a premium mm -hmm. solution no i mean otherwise apple wouldn't exist or you know I, i'm pretty sure that porsche is a i don't it's 
probably the largest market in the U.S. for Porsche. I would assume. I, I would. I would think yeah. so. With as many Porsches as you see in Atlanta, I would. Well, I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm a Taycan guy, and and, and 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 so yeah, you know, you like to kind of, um, you know, everyone wants right a certain car. Mm -hmm. uh, but aspiration is really important too. We've had customers before that have come to us and say, you know what, we 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 can't afford that Blickla solution. We said, and we would say, you can't afford not to mm -hmm. use the Blickla. Mm -hmm. um, and and then we've used the Pegasus solution, the other brand, mm -hmm. to get our foot in the door yep. that has led mm -hmm. to Blickla sales. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because aspirationally, they start to get a confidence level, and then and then they realize for the cost of a latte, mm -hmm. they can solve a problem. Mm -hmm. you know, on their floor and maybe have um, uh, less worker comp claims mm -hmm. or less employee turnover. Mm -hmm. Excellent. This is very interesting. Very good. Um, you know, a couple of things I wanted to ask you also about your uh, your personal life, personal uh, life a little bit. Um, I saw that you quite accomplished uh, traveling. I, I, I think <laughs> on your LinkedIn bio, you're talking about 50 countries that you have visited. Um, have you done uh, most of this uh, professionally or some of it personally? Well, well? I mean, I, I, I love to travel, but it was mostly professional mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we had so many subsidiaries in my past life before yeah. Blickla, mm -hmm. you know, all over the world. Mm -hmm. And we started up companies all over the world. Sure. And, and uh, so a lot of time was spent uh, in, in obviously North America, South America, mm -hmm. um, Asia, Europe. Um, uh, you know, the only place I really hadn't gone is is Africa, and I have that on my list personally. Okay, yeah. You know, someday, and uh, it's a global marketplace. Mm -hmm. And and the other comment I'd make is I, I know sometimes there's a lot of bashing going on in the U.S. about China now. Mm -hmm. China's not going anywhere. Yeah. China is a manufacturing powerhouse. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and they shouldn't. If you're going to be a global player, mm -hmm. uh, not only do you need to be in, uh, in let's call it North America, mm -hmm. the U.S., mm -hmm. you really need to be in China, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, there's an inevitability of this. Mm -hmm. uh, so if your goal is ultimately global growth, I would I would just say I, I really believe that, mm -hmm. uh, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. I, I follow a couple of economists and they talk about, you know, birth rates and how that's going to impact. Mm -hmm. uh, there, really. There's no there's no question. Demographics yeah. play a critical, critical role mm -hmm. in future growth. And of course, uh, you know, we, you know, the U.S. has a great high birth rate. We also have a, a very robust uh, immigration, yeah. uh, you, you know, policy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's going to certainly fund more and more growth. Uh, you know, in, in the U.S., mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a uh, it, it's such a big country. I mean, uh, you know, the the the, the U.S. is uh, far from being a mature market. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And and many of the, uh, um, uh, you know, you, you spoke about immigration policy. I think that would be the key to a healthy reset on immigration policy would be the key to uh, fixing uh, our labor shortage as well. Um, I think you've got all of Central and South America, <laughs> including Mexico, um, you're knocking on the door, wanting to uh, uh, wanting to come here and looking for the American dream, right? Yeah. And um, if we had, uh, um, and I, I think they actually quite fit the folks in the United States quite well as well as uh, the way uh, they operate, and uh, so. That is something that really politicians should take a look at. I mean, also, I think Mexico is going to explode. You know, the whole uh, no, new no, 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 yeah. no question. I, I, I think it. Uh, you know, and again, as a, as a son, of my all of my grandparents were immigrants. Uh, oh. You know, to to the country. 
Um, people, again, uh, are what makes America special. Mm-hmm. We Americans like to complain about everything, you know, and it's not perfect and, and such, but I don't see anyone leaving America. What I see is lines that are endless trying to get into trying to America get in, yeah. That's very true. Uh, because of the hope. And, and a lot of the cultural values are very similar. They, there's, a, there's a great assimilation mm-hmm. that occurs yep. uh, in, in a relatively um, short period of time, particularly with the immigrants we have that come from Latin America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really bullish on, uh, you know, the, the U.S. and the future and, and demographically speaking. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I know, listen, China's fighting the... Uh, the, the, the one child policy that has since ended, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the birth rates are, you know, uh, it's a very controversial t- topic. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, the more the merrier. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, it's it's the great part of life and it's the great part of growth. Mm-hmm. And you cannot shrink your way to greatness as a country or yeah. as a family. Yeah, that's very true. I uh, absolutely agree with you. That's I think on that note we maybe end the podcast. I mean this is a great okay. summary. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's been great yeah. and, and uh I've enjoyed uh, talking with you and uh uh, it's been uh, enjoyable, and I, uh, I hope all of your listeners find it uh, of interest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I learned more. Uh, I had no idea what is all two wheels and caster than the entire industry, and I appreciate the education. You know, at this point, we always like to ask a little bit about are there any um, social media channels that you use as a company or um, as a, uh, a personally that you would like to promote? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, you, you know, personally, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of Facebook, uh-huh. and everyone kind of is, and, and uh, you know, I, I I, I find out too much about my neighbors and I kind of go, oh, I wish I didn't know that. Um, but from a business point of view, uh, we started doing social media quite a bit as a way of communicating. Mm-hmm. I, I think the old method of, of whether it's news or information uh, is uh, going to change dramatically, of course, uh, you know, not only with uh, artificial intelligence, but right now how we get to mark with social media. Mm-hmm. So we use, for example, LinkedIn quite a bit mm-hmm. um, to uh, share our message in a short, concise way. Mm-hmm of different products, different applications, like for example, wind energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a narrow topic, mm-hmm. but you know, here we are making these amazing polyurethane uh, multi-ton wheels mm-hmm. specially for that. Well, there's almost every uh, special application out there. Mm-hmm. So we're, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on all the social media, but uh, if there's any interest for any of your listeners, uh, you know, in terms of que- questions, whether they be technical or commercial, mm-hmm. um, I would uh, welcome anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you can reach out to me personally on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a whole team. Uh, we respond back in with lightning speed mm-hmm. to any kind of inquiries, um, you know, uh, of any nature. Mm-hmm. Again, whether they be commercial or technical. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you again, Scott. It was really good. Uh, a great conversation. We'll do it again. And uh, to all our listeners and uh, watchers, please like, subscribe, um, and comment uh, on uh, on our uh, on our podcast. That'd be great. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay.